Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, and all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about gender-affirming care and the sweep of the anti-trans bill in the U.S. Joining me for this very important discussion is Dr. Catherine Lowe. She's a pediatrician on the executive committee of the section on LGBT health and wellness with the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Lowe, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get into the AAP policy and their stance right now, can you explain a little bit about transgender care in this country, how it's been treated, some of the challenges that you've seen most often? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, transgender health care for our pediatric patients um, is something that we as pediatricians provide routinely. Um, We refer to this care as gender-affirming care is the language we use. Gender-affirming care um, is based on a 2018 policy statement by the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics. Basically, this care promotes acceptance and affirmation for transgender youth. Um, this is holistic medical care that pediatricians and other healthcare professionals provide um, to our transgender and gender diverse patients. Um, it's healthcare that is provided in a developmentally appropriate manner for each patient. It is individualized healthcare. It is care that is backed by extensive research and evidence. Um, and basically, it's care that's oriented towards understanding um, and validating each individual child's gender experience. I can go into more details of that if you would like, um, but to hit on another part of your question there, which is what are some barriers we are facing in providing this care right now, um, which I think is kind of the at the heart of what we want to go into today. Um, so we are facing many barriers to providing this healthcare in our country right now. Um, a number of states have proposed legislation that seeks to make this care illegal. To give an example of a barrier to this care right now, I'd like to bring up what is going on in Texas right now. So recently in Texas, the attorney general and the governor have taken steps Um, that are trying to criminalize gender-affirming care for transgender youth by declaring it child abuse. Um, So they have, the attorney general and the governor have both taken various steps that is seeking to um, hold the Department of Family and Protective Services responsible for investigating any child who is receiving gender-affirming care as being a child undergoing abuse. So this would seek to penalize the parents involved as well as the medical facilities involved. It would also seek to hold licensed professionals responsible for reporting any child who is receiving gender affirming care as a child who is um, undergoing child abuse, which is basically trying to criminalize medical care that we know is absolutely necessary and often life-saving for transgender and gender-diverse youth. It is just appalling 
and so sad because these are already at-risk youth. These are already not underserved, but they are definitely a challenge for the medical community when you have to deal with something like this. As I say they are at risk, what are some of the possible effects that on the gender diverse community and even pediatricians and parents on this particular bill? Yeah, you're exactly right. There there are risks here and actually harm already being done to the youth involved, the families involved, and the pediatricians and healthcare providers involved. So to to speak a little bit to those risks, first of all, we know that transgender and gender diverse youth already are at increased uh, risk for depression and anxiety. Um, This increased risk is due to the stigma and discrimination they already face simply from living in our society, being gender diverse. Um, this is not inherent in being transgender or gender diverse. And I want to make that clear that the increased depression and anxiety is due to the stigma and society's response to them. So they're already at risk um, for these mental health struggles. Um, There's actually a fair amount of research out there and a new study that I just saw this week Um, that shows that transgender and gender diverse youth who are able to access gender affirming medications actually have significantly decreased rates of depression, anxiety, and suicidality. Um, This study showed that for those youth who are able to go on gender affirming medications, they had a 60% lower odd of moderate or severe depression and 73% lower odds of suicidality um, compared to youth who are not able to access these medications. So the research is out there. These medications are critically important and at times life-saving for youth. So withholding such medication, as you can imagine, undoubtedly will lead to significantly increased rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide attempts amongst our youth. Um, So that's the effect on youth. If you think of the parents who are involved here, who are hearing the message that if they access necessary health care for their child, they will be at risk of being accused of abusing their child and facing those consequences. So this is putting the parents in an incredibly difficult place between choosing to access health care for their child and putting their family at risk of being torn apart. It's definitely government-sanctioned bullying of the whole entire family, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. And the real abuse here is not children being able to access medications they need. The real abuse here is being done by the leaders in the state trying to withhold that care. So what are pediatricians in the state of Texas right now? And indeed, we're even going to mention Florida, which has not really come forward with the bill about gender-affirming care, which I assume they will soon, but they've got the Don't Say Gay bill. So they are headed in that same direction. What do pediatricians say, and, and specifically in Texas, Dr. Lowe, are they willing to provide this care at the risk of being possibly arrested. Yeah, absolutely. It puts pediatricians in an incredibly hard place as well. 
um, pediatricians are, are stuck between choosing to provide the medical care that we are ethically obligated to provide and possibly putting themselves at risk and their careers at risk if they do so. Now, I do want to make it clear that as of right now, this is not law in Texas. This came from an opinion released by the attorney general, supported by the governor, but this is not currently law in Texas. Um, So it's just a bill as of this point. It's an opinion statement released by the attorney general. And then the governor is now encouraging the Department of Family and Protective Services to enforce the opinion. So it's not currently a bill or a law, but there is pressure from the state's leaders to look at gender affirming care as abuse, to view it as abuse. Um, However, other states have um, made bills and tried to pass them into law that would prohibit gender affirming care as well. So we're seeing this in many states at various degrees. Um, We also know in Texas right now, the ACLU actually just filed a lawsuit against this opinion by the attorney general. So my point is that it is not quite law at this point. However, pediatricians are terrified because there are ramifications from this already. Um, Legally, to the best of my knowledge, they can still provide this care, but they may be approached um, by the Department of Family and Protective Services for doing so. So it's it's a gray zone right now um, in Texas and in many other states. Um, So yes, pediatricians are frightened pediatricians are being put in a place we should never be put into. Absolutely. And I'm so proud of our pediatricians all over the country. I know mine helped me to raise my kids happy and healthy and safe. And we want that for all of our children and for those children that are gender diverse and seeking this gender affirming care it's even more important because they are really looking to the medical professionals for that validation, for that help, for that care, and for the government to come in and say, this is not what we believe, is, it's just, it is just crazy to me. So I'd like you to tell us, parents, loved ones, people who have LGBTQ community loved ones, or we want to support them the best way. How can we support these youth? What would you like us to do? What can we do? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, from the standpoint of pediatricians and healthcare providers, um, there are a number of things we can do. First of all, I think we need to start with our healthcare facility. As we are seeing patients in our own healthcare facility, wherever we are, let's make our healthcare facilities a safe space for gender diverse youth. So that means let's make sure everyone in our in our healthcare facility, whether it's a clinic, an urgent care setting or wherever, let's make sure we're all using the right names for our patients, the right pronouns for our patients. Let's put up signs showing that everyone is welcome and everyone will receive respectful, appropriate healthcare. When we're one-on-one with our pediatric patients, We need to listen to them. We can affirm them as their healthcare provider. We can validate their experiences that they're sharing with us. Um, We need to respect their confidentiality. 
Um, we can see them back multiple times in clinic if they're struggling and be a supportive adult in their life. A lot of research shows that kids who have mental health struggles, if they feel the support from one trusted adult in their life, that can make a difference. And hopefully I want to stop you for one second, Dr. Lowe, and we'll and we'll get right back to this because you're giving us such great information. But you mentioned confidentiality. And this is, I mean, this to me is is definitely a huge part of this opinion. So do they even mention that? How how is the Department of Family Services supposed to just go to a parent's house or a pediatrician's office when there's confidentiality laws in place about that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really I mean, they even mention that? No, that is not mentioned in the opinion statement that I have been able to see released by the attorney general in Texas. So you're right. Healthcare medical records are confidential, right? And if the government and politicians and state leaders are going to criminalize certain types of healthcare, that means exactly what you're saying. How are they going to know that this healthcare is being delivered? So that is not included in the attorney general's opinion statement that I'm aware of. And wow, that is of definitely not. government overreach um, if they are interfering in private, confidential, protected medical care. Mm. It's just awful. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you and go back to how we can support. And you were talking about pediatricians and validating and affirming and, and helping these children with their feelings and with really what it is that they're asking for and it's medical care and it's so important. So so continue along that vein about how we can help support our youth at this time. Yeah, so aside from kind of the steps I mentioned as far as making our facility be a safe, inclusive space that sees all kids and validates all kids, um, we also want to talk with each individual gender diverse patient. And we, we, we need to ask them, how are, they, how are they doing? We need to be doing our mental health screens for them for depression and anxiety, because like I said, we, we know they're already at increased risk for mental health struggles. Um, so we need to be screening them for depression and anxiety. We need to be helping them get in with a mental health professional if they are having those struggles. Um, I think us, we as pediatricians also need to know our local resources in our own communities. Um, we need to know, are there teen support groups for transgender and gender diverse youth so that we can tell our patients about those support groups and they can access that support. It's really important, it's crucial for these youth to know they are not alone in um, their gender identity or the struggles that they are facing. So we need to help connect them to support groups in their town. We also need to help their parents find support groups as well, because these parents are really struggling um, to figure out how to support their kids. So. We need to be a resource within the community as well. What a great point that we definitely, you, you are our resource in these communities and the information that we get really helps parents of children in this community and gender diverse and, and LGBT, whatever these children need. It is up to us as parents to provide 
And so I'd like you to, to, first of all, before we wrap up, many parents, and while we're on this topic, you mentioned pronouns before. And I would just like you to kind of reiterate for those that really don't understand, and I had somebody explain it to me in an excellent way, but I'd like you to explain it to the parents too, because I think, Dr. Lowe, as we look at all the, the parameters and we look at all the parts to these opinion statements and to what they're doing in Texas and Florida, we're trying to make sense of it. And yet some of us have trouble still understanding these children and what those terms mean. Can you tell us about the names and pronouns? Yeah, so some kids who are perhaps transgender may at some point change their name from the name they were given at birth to a new name that more correctly matches their identity. Um, They also may change their pronouns. So for example, a child that grew up Um, for years being called he or him may, if that child is perhaps a transgender girl, may ask people to use the pronouns she and her instead of he and him. And to people who maybe aren't transgender or gender diverse, that may be hard to understand the importance of respecting that. But for these transgender youth, it is incredibly important that people call them by the pronouns that are correct for them at this time and by the correct name at this time. So really the only way to know what pronouns we should be using for anyone is to simply ask. To ask them, what pronouns do you want me to use? And that's okay, right? That's okay. If they're a non-binary, it's okay for us to ask as as people of a different generation who were not used to this. It's okay, right, that we can say, what do they and them mean? Can you tell me about that? And that's okay, right? You know what? It's more than okay. That's what we need to be doing. I think so is too. Just simply ask, what pronouns do you want me to use for you today? And whatever pronouns they give us, we use those pronouns. That is basic respect and kindness for all people. I agree with you. This is such a sensitive topic. And for many people, as I said, of a certain generation, it it is hard to adjust and follow along. But this is what happens in progressive communities. We are moving forward. We are helping these children. We are looking for ways that we can all come together. And this is doing just the opposite, this statement. So I'd like you to end with some positive, productive takeaways for the parents listening, for parents and family members and friends who have children that they, I'm going to get choked up, but that they love, that are seeing these things in the news and they are not sure what to make of it. They're scared. Why don't you give us some positive takeaways and things that we can do to show our love? Yeah, I think that is so important because So many people are scared right now, but I want those parents and community members and friends to know there are so many professionals right now out there fighting for them. I mean, pediatricians we've been talking about, but it's way more than that. There are are lawyers out there fighting for them. There are so many organizations out there that are rallying behind them and fighting for them. 
And they are getting more and more resources to do that and more and more support to do that. So they are just revving up and they are out there fighting for them and they're not going to stop no matter what happens in Texas or Florida or anywhere else ever. They're not going to stop until they aren't needed anymore because we aren't having these fights anymore. So I want people to know people are out there on this fighting for them and will con- will continue to do that. And I would say if if parents and friends out there have somebody in their life who is transgender or a parent of a transgender youth, what they can do is just reach out to them and ask them, how are you doing? And just listen to them because it is scary. And just for those people to know, they they also have individual support out there, people they can talk to and lean on. That can be huge for them also. I agree with you. And parents listening, please look to your pediatricians. If you have questions, if you have a child that is gender diverse and looking for gender affirming care, or you have a child that is asking you questions about what's going on in the country and what this means, when you need advice, that's what your pediatricians are there for. And they can help you and they can help these at-risk youth. And this is just such an important topic. Dr. Lowe, thank you so, so much much for joining us today, telling us what this opinion statement is all about, but but more importantly, putting that aside and the terrible things they're doing, I want to thank you for the work that you are doing and for letting us know that encouraging hope that there are lawyers and pediatricians and physicians out there helping families to go through all of this. So thank you again for joining us. You're listening to Healthy Children All of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. You can listen to us on iTunes and TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, everywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at radiomd.com for the American Academy of Pediatrics. For Radio MD, I'm Melanie Cole. Thank you so much for joining us today.